Well, good morning. Uh, I am Kerry Patterson. I'm one of the shepherds here. I've been a member at Otter Creek for about 15 years and a shepherd for about 12 of those 15 years. And uh, this is one of my colleagues. He can introduce himself. Yeah, so hi, I'm Craig Bledsoe. Um, I am, um, I've been a member here a long time. Uh, I don't know how long, actually. I, it's like makes me really old when I say it, so I'm not going to say it. But it's over 30 years, we'll put it that way. And uh, I actually came here as a college student and spent my 20s here, my 30s and 40s and so on, 50s and whatever. Uh, so uh, I've been here a long time. But I am a very new shepherd and uh, have kind of, I'm getting into this groove here and being mentored and tutored by great shepherds who've been doing this for much longer than I have. So I, I'll ha I will uh, always uh, acquiesce to my elder elder over here. <laughs> I shouldn't have even introduced him. <laughs> We, we have a relationship outside of uh, Otter Creek in that uh, many of you know that uh, Craig is Dr. Bledsoe, for some of you, and uh, provost at University at Wilson. Uh, and I am a uh, uh, recently retired professor of mechanical engineering at So um, today we're going to have hopefully a conversation. I know it's hard to have a conversation when one person's standing up and, and the, others, the others are sitting down, but, but we'll try to, we'll try to make, that, make that work. Uh, I think you are, you are familiar with this phrase that the Otter Creek Church is a family growing to become like Jesus. It's seen, if you, if you ever uh, look at Otter Happenings, which comes out every week that says what's going on, the, that line is right at the beginning of it. Uh, in every worship service, when we do, we have the Family Matters time, talk about what's going on, that phrase, a family growing to become like Jesus, is there. That's part, that's the heart of our three-year vision for the years uh, 16, 17, and 18, which we're about to uh, go into the final year. And part of that, that idea of growing a family growing to become like Jesus is to strengthen our participation in community here. It's hard for us to even be a family unless we're joining together with one another and, uh, and growing to become like Jesus we have to have significant participation uh, with each other. So this series that we're going through this uh, in the next three Sundays is, uh, is, uh, is about belonging, belonging to the family or belonging to this community of faith uh, here at Otter Creek. And we're going to, uh, we're going to have three sessions. Uh, today is about, today's session is about gathering where we're going to talk about uh, just, just participating in the things where where um, members of Otter Creek come together, and what's the power of that, and why do we do it, and what, do, what does uh, 
what does the how does the growth of the family depend on it, and what do we uh, what do we see God drawing us to do as we come together as a family? Next week we'll talk about generosity uh, as a part of belonging to the family, and the final week we'll talk about using our spiritual gifts in ministry for the for the good of the family and the good of the of the kingdom. So it's going to be a a theoretical and a practical uh, look at being a part of the Otter Creek family. And if you've been, if any of you've been through the new members' uh, experience at Otter Creek, uh, there are expectations that are that are shared with you with, with regard to being uh, a member at Otter Creek. And much of what we're going to say is material that's been that's been uh, discussed in those uh, in that new member. Uh, process. So, let's talk a little bit about gathering. Uh, I'd like to start off that by, as we're talking about participating in a family, oftentimes we call, we call the church that we're a part of our community of faith because we have a real strong sense about it being uh, concerned with community and everyone being, uh, being a part of this family that we call a community. So when you think about just in general, not, not, not just in terms of churches, let's talk a little bit about, about what it, what it uh, means to belong to a community of people. Think about some communities that you belong to. What does it mean to belong to those communities? And there was silence throughout the room. <laughs> some of you have work communities. Some of you have have academic communities. Some some of you have uh, uh, communities associated with the hobbies and the things that you do in that regard. What are some characteristics of those communities? Active participation by a bunch of members. So even at like after work parties, we'll see a lot of people will go simply to be a part of the community. Okay. Just to take part. Yeah. Active participation. I feel a, you feel a draw to, to those people. What else? Yes. Acceptance. Oh yeah, that's an important one, isn't it? You uh, you feel that uh, that uh, no one is uh, that everyone in the community is embracing everybody else and accepting everybody else. Yes. What else? Well, I have the answers. <laughs> uh, most most communities have a purpose, don't they? Something they're trying to achieve. They also, uh, one of the things I think is, is nice about it is that uh, you sort of talked about it when you said acceptance. There's a cohesion that draws people to each other. Uh, and sometimes there's a, sometimes there's a, this, this is one of our shepherds and, and his lovely wife too. Uh, uh, Can I get a comfortable chair? You could. Well, unless you oh, want to give it blue, to Kimberly, I mean, you know. <laughs> this is Mitch Edgeworth, if you don't know. And, Good morning. Uh, he is here to do, as we 
agreed color commentary. On the uh, one of the things I think that happens in groups is you become a part of a group because you like the direction or the or a community. You're, you're, you're drawn to the direction that the, that the group has or the, or the community has. And there's a sense that, that there's a sharing of the purpose of that group and, and helps you go in a direction that uh, uh, you're, you're, you're going and partying with. Well, let's look at a passage. If you want to turn to this in your Bible, it's in Acts 2. It's a very uh, well-known passage about the uh, community that came to, into existence around the day of Pentecost. And I'm, I'm just going to read this passage and then uh, talk a little bit about it and we'll have some more conversation among ourselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this is a description of the community of faith that grew up at the inauguration of the church on the day of Pentecost and in, in the weeks that, uh, that followed that. William Barclay, in his commentary, uh, lists, lists nine characteristics of this community that are, that are drawn straight from this passage. And you can, you can just follow along in the lines of, the, of there as I talk about it. It was a learning community. They gave themselves to the apostles' teaching. It was a community of fellowship and to fellowship and the breaking of bread. It was a praying community and to prayer. Uh, it was a reverent community. Everyone was filled with awe. It was a community where things happened. That all was at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Uh, it was a sharing community. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. It was a worshiping community. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. It was a happy community with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. And finally, it was a community that others could not help liking. Uh, and enjoying the favor of all the people. So what I'd like for us to do is to think about that Acts 2 manifestation of community and bring it forward to today and talk about what in the context of our culture, what would that Acts 2 community look like? Or maybe what should it look like? What would it look like? So it's your turn now.
Brentwood, Tennessee at the beginning of If a church, if a church is going to be, is going to follow this model, what should that unity of faith look like if it's going to mirror these characteristics? Okay, Mitch, this is where you jump in. Well, I yeah, Jerry. I sense that coming. So I, I recognize a few of you in the room. Some of you. Have are in our life group. Some of you have had in covenant group, for those who know what it is from OCYG. So gathering together can look like a life group. Um, it could look like something else. So what are other things that gathering together, and, and they, they as, as this passage says, um, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes, they ate together, they praised God together, then they enjoyed the favor. What, what might that look like for you where you are in your life? to at the moment, 
you need to find a group like they found in the second chapter of Acts. If you don't have that, you are missing a key component of your walk with God. Let's let's turn this let's turn this a little different in a little different direction and think about this Acts two community and the Otter Creek community of faith here and talk about how there are similarities between the two and there are differences between the two. You may have seen something as I was reading some of these fellowship, praying, reverence, where things happen, sharing, worshiping, a happy community that others could, could, uh, uh, couldn't help liking. Which ones of those said, you said, yes, that's like Otter Creek? Which ones of those did you say, no, that's not like Otter Creek? We have work to do. Look, we know that, we know that Otter Creek is not perfect. So, so <laughs> if, if, if there's something about something about this community that uh, uh, we are not living out very well, or, or just that it's a challenge for us, yes. Yeah, so ask, my asking the question, how, how is it uh, the same and different Mata Creek just struck a chord in you that all the things aren't supposed to be the same. It's just a, it's just a projection of, a, of, of a, the kinds of things that uh, would be uh, in, in consistent with what God has in mind for a community of faith. So what, 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 are we, what are we challenged by in this, in this description? What do, what do we find it difficult to do? I think like for us, there's like a lot of intentionality in that uh, couple of verses. Um, you, can't, like, you can't just show up. You have to be intentional about why you're showing up. Um, and I see that as something that Otter Creek can probably do a little bit better job at is just making sure like, when you're showing up, you're showing up to be intentional and be present and actually uh, contribute and participate in the conversation and in the activities that are going on in the community as opposed to just being there. Yeah. I'm going to turn this in a little bit different direction now. Uh, in my in my life, I I have learned in the past so five to ten years that uh, quiet time and solitude is a very important part of my walk with God. Spending time with just the two of us together, uh, opening up the Word, praying, doing devotional readings that other people have used to try to get you to get you to think about your relationship with God and, uh, and point you in directions that draw you closer to God and to, to, uh, to what He's about. 
what, what's going on in your life. Uh, there is a tendency sometimes to say that that is sufficient, that 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 one-on-one -on -one time of solitude with God is uh, sufficient for somebody, and they can live they can live their life in that in that way. Others say, "No, I don't need any of this solitude stuff. I need to be with my be with my brothers and sisters in in uh, community and fellowship." Uh, Neither one of those extremes is right. It takes it takes both for us, and and so when we're when we're doing that, uh, when we're thinking about our own personal uh, relationship with God, we need to be we need to be in those times of solitude. But we need to be in times like this to uh, share the benefits of community and the benefits of God building us up and helping us in our walk and helping the the kingdom be better uh, positioned in the world and more effective in the world because we're doing it as a collective body. So uh, Craig is going to uh, talk to us a little bit about opportunities we have for gatherings specifically at Otter Creek. Yeah, so let me, um, let me just first of all thank you for being here because I made an assumption that was wrong. And that, that this would not there wouldn't be a lot of people in this class. Okay, I just made that assumption, and here's why. Um, let me. Uh, this is from a Barna study that uh, kind of struck me as really interesting. Uh, only two. This is your age, 22 to 35, a little bit older than you guys, right? But tw 22 year old to 35 millennials. Yeah. Okay. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Only two in ten Americans under thirty believe attending church is important or worthwhile. Okay, fifty-nine percent of millennials raised in a church have dropped out. Thirty-five percent of millennials have an anti-church stance, um, and millennials are at least are the least likely age group of anyone to attend church by far. That's a Barna study. Um, done a lot of study in church stuff. So, you know, I, but the fact that you're here, Patrick, congratulations, good, you, you know, very good job, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but good, good job, guys. I mean, that, it, that's really a significant statistic when you look at that. And I think, Carrie and I were talking earlier as we were talking about doing this, and uh, this is a group I think is the hardest group to kind of talk this through with, I think. And I, I have a 26-year-old, so I, I kind of relate to this quite a bit here. And for me, it's, a, it's just a, we're, we're using cookie-cutter slides here that everybody across the, the, the uh, whole church are using. So here, here's what has happened at Otter Creek. And um, well, for that, I have one other thing to share with you. And this is from almost one of you, somebody who's just moved out of this age group someone who's like 31, who I asked about this. And I said, so if I'm going to be talking to a group of 20 to 30-year-olds about church involvement and participation, what should I be thinking about? And uh, this is not a Creek member, not in this class, anonymous. I promised her it would be anonymous. And some of this is pretty hard stuff, okay? This is pretty hard stuff. 
Okay, this is what she says. Churches are often the churches of the older generations, and the doctrines do not completely overlap with the beliefs of the younger <coughs> generations. Okay, we go to church because we believe in Jesus and look for community, but may disagree with some of the details. The more focused the church is on the smaller ticket items, the less likely the younger generation is to engage, attend, stay. Uh, giving is hard. We could hardly pay our own bills in that decade. This is really next week, I guess. Hardly pay our own bills in that decade of our life. Giving substantially to church was out of the question. Now we still do not give our whole giving allowance to Otter Creek because we want to support some other organizations of our own. But overall, I personally feel very confident in giving money to OC because I believe they put my money to good work in the community and abroad. Um, for me, service in 20 to 30 was hard because I was either studying or working so that I could study so that I could study or worked at really odd hours or had unpredictable work schedules which made it difficult to commit to anything in advance. Now I prefer signing up for something if I know somebody I know will be there. Uh, if our life group organizes something, that is typically a safe bet. Uh, my husband mentioned that he is open to all kinds of things, serving communion, reading scripture, etc., but would prefer to be asked. Uh, I know that cr that creates work for the church, but everybody is comfortable, but not everybody is comfortable stepping up or thinks to volunteer for something. OC is a well-oiled machine, which is my segue here, okay? OC is a well-oiled machine, so needs are, are not always obvious, and I have never been to a church with designated greeters just saying. Uh, I hope these honest thoughts will be helpful, okay? So... It, I found that very interesting, talking, having somebody that just just moved out of this age group, barely moved out of this age group, to respond in terms of what it is to be engaged in a church as large as Otter Creek is. And one of the things, uh, and I, I'm going to probably take these slides out of order here a little bit, but one of the things that you see about Otter Creek is that it is organized in a very real way to help you engage, okay? And the larger the church gets, the more organized, well, first of all, the more intentional it has to be, and the more um, organized it has to be, and the more professional it has to be. Uh, Carrie put me onto an article that was actually in the notes here that I read uh, by t uh, uh, Tim Keller, which is a really good article about church sizes and uh, it answers a lot of questions about, you know, as you grow, what you need to do as a church to be responsive and to engage people. And obviously, the larger you get, uh, so if I just, how do I flip this? Yeah, that's What's that, this side? Yeah, okay. So the larger you get, you move away from the small church relationships where you have kind of one-on-one -on -one kind of things. You know, house churches are great. I've often said, I still say it, I would prefer to be in a house church sometimes, okay? We have those one-to-one -one relationships. Um, I have groups here that I have those relationships with, okay? We'll go back to that in a second. I've had those, we, and Otter Creek tries to provide those opportunities, but it's not the same as in a house church. But what do you lose in a house church? What do you, what, what do you miss in a house <coughs> church? Would, it, would you guys want to go to a house church? 
it's all right. Nobody's going to, it's fine if you prefer to go to a house church. Would you like to prefer to go to a house church? You would. Okay, why? Because of that. I mean, I grew up going to one, so mm-hmm. to me they seem more, they seem more personal, they're more homey, they're more informal, there's not as much of a, all right, now we shepherd you from this room to this room to this room, mm-hmm. these transitions that, well, you know, a lot of times the reason people are walking away to class is because they're connecting with someone. Right. But we can't be late to class. You know, so it's, um, I mean, of course, I was. I was. I'm sure. Thank you for giving me an ounce. There's a fundamental rule about auto Creek. You can never be the last one in. I've tried it. Okay. Somebody's always, Somebody's always going to be I, I, Believe me, I've tried it. So so it's okay. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I love I love going here. There's a reason we're here. There's a reason we've chosen this church. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I understand the appeal of just a group of 15, 20 people. But what do you give up if you're in a house church that you have here at Otter Creek? What would those things be? Would you give something up? Well, why are you here? Yeah. You lose the diversity of mindsets that, like, influence, like, people can come and present different ideas, but when you're just in one small group, you can kind of get that herd mentality of, like, you're only thinking something because the person next to you thought that and you're close, and so um, with a larger community, um, you can get that different insight. Get, you get more diversity. It's one of the things that you've not been to. Because first service, one of the things that, uh, if you're going to second service, one of the things that Josh talks about this morning is trying to be more diverse in our views and understanding and uh, the things that we think about. And you lose that in a house trip. What else? And I'm not, I'm, like I said, I'm, sometimes I'm just really longing for that kind of experience myself, the house church experience. But there are reasons I'm at Outer Creek. What else? I think with house churches sometimes, I, I love like meeting and having like that intentionality with a small group, but then it also becomes, it can become clickish. So you, whenever you come to church, you don't reach out to new people. There could be people that want that same type of relationship that you have with that group, but if you continue to just meet at house church, you don't think that building a community within like this building, uh, you're going to miss opportunities to make connections and get that diversity. So that's why I think it's important for you to not only be involved in house church, but be involved in the church and be intentional about meeting new people and about starting conversations and growing mentorships that you might not get within a, your friends, your friend group or your small group. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Connections, diversity, anything else? There are, there are enterprises you can't engage yourself in as a house church. It's just beyond the scope of house church's resources. And, and you can collectively as a church do some of those things. And Service opportunities. A lot, of, a lot of what is made out of what it is, like the Wayne Reed Center and others, uh, uh, wouldn't have been possible. And I don't, I don't think we're saying this is an, an either or. It's just an acknowledgement. Right. It's not an either or. Yes, please. It's an acknowledgement of what's different between the two. Because I love the. We, we're, we've been. Come on, I've been in life here for, for many years now. And we, I love the informality of 
sitting in somebody's living room and having conversations about real life, things that you're not going to do when you're in the corporate worship service that happens on Sunday, twice on Sunday mornings. And, and sometimes it's hard to happen in a classroom like this. But there, so it's not either or, it's both right. and. That's and that's correct. what Otter Creek's trying to, to strive for, is a little bit of the, of the both and, and hopefully engage with you guys in discussions this week and the next two weeks about how we, how we might do that better and how you might do that better. Yeah, and I, I, that's, that's right. And I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that you, I'm fascinated by this guy. I gotta, whatever, whatever does it for you, good. Um, <laughs> um, but but I am I, I do think that you know you give up something if you if you just do a house church you, you give up the professionalism a little bit and I know that's one of the things that you guys may push back against sometimes you're looking for authenticity uh, I'm certainly looking for authenticity but you you miss the, the quality of worship service you, there there are things that that you just can't get in opportunities to serve opportunities to be involved. And, but, but the larger you get, the more intentional you have to be about creating community. The more intentional you have to be about creating relationship. And that's really what it's about, uh, I think, is, is the relationships we have with each other and relationships that uh, allow us to be authentic with each other in the life group <coughs> and allow us to share and to have people walk with us uh, at times we need people to walk with us. So Otter Creek gathers as a community in different ways to give you opportunities to do that. Worship services, classes, uh, life groups, you know, you can go Wednesday night fellowship services, service opportunities, <coughs> camp. How many of you are products of OC camp? Any of you products of an OC camp? Okay. Uh, Kind of see OC camp is a little cultish, but that's great. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great thing. My son, a lot cultish. Okay, but it's a great thing. I mean, it's one of those things that that is community in a very, very real way. Uh, I remember uh, several years ago. Some of you may or may not know a little bit of our story. And, and my wife had breast cancer, and my son was at camp. And at that moment. That was a huge commu uh, community for him while she was going through those struggles and we were going through those struggles. He had a community there that was very real. Okay, so uh, going forward here, uh, why does OC gather as a community? The things that we talk about, you know, those things that, that are relationships, encouragement, accountability, prayer, fellowship, pastoral care. I guess we need to finish up here, don't we? Uh, small church relationships. Uh, so here's the slide that okay here's the slide that tells you how everything works together and pulls it together again this is intentional now the thing that's interesting to me is Otter Creek very much tries to be intentional about this as as um, the person who will remain anonymous said. OC is a well-oiled machine in this respect. And I think we try to do this and to create opportunities where there are specific kinds of relationship building <laughs> opportunities that interact, intersect with each other. You know, you talk about the going through the halls and talking to people and 
You know, I love the gathering area downstairs where people meet and talk. I mean, but there are all kinds of these things here. Question, I'm not really, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to, you think about it and you can tell us individually, I guess. Um, are we doing a good job of that? You know, are we providing you as 20 to 30 year olds the opportunities you need to build the relationships you're looking for? Can I ask a question? So, not to me, you can ask them. To them yes. <laughs> so when you look at that, I, I love the, the, the Venn diagram bubble chart that had a visualization of ways that you could connect at Otter Creek. What on that list, and I would love for a number of you just to shout it out, what on that list was true for you? What, what was it? Was it a service? Was it, was it an outreach? Was it a mission? Was it life group? What, how are you connecting? <coughs> this, this week is all about how do we gather together. How are you connecting with Otter Creek right now? Are you? Well, you're connecting here. Yeah. Right? Because you could all what, check the Sunday school class yeah. box because you're What, you're what other ways are you connecting? So one of the things in that letter, go back to that I, that I read to you, was that the leadership bunch of old people. <laughs> Which is why we're asking the question. Yeah. And so if you can, by the way, you can follow on. The next question is going to be, what are other things that you could do to connect or that we should think about creating for you to connect? So those are the two questions. We would love to get a few responses for that. And you, you brought, I, I don't remember, what's your name? Me? Yes. Matt. Matt, though, you had a great comment earlier about the intentionality of getting people connected. So, so that's what, sort of your comment sort of spurred this question for you. So how are you connecting? Raise your hand if, you, if you're in here, you do a service project connected with Otter Creek. Raise your hand. What are those, what's the service project for you? Uh, feeding the homeless downtown. Fantastic. Patrick, what do you do? All of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't stand, was there a hand over here? The homeless downtown. The homeless downtown. I, I, I don't know if Let me ask another question. Uh, raise your hand if you're involved in service projects outside of our group. Good question. Mm, what are those? Question. I know what, go ahead, tell everybody what's yours. What's your service project outside? Yes. You're uh, talking yes, to me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, well, there's multiple, but most of them are involved with Lipscomb. They involved with projects Lipscomb's involved in? Yeah. You raised your hand. What was yours? Um, I work with local nonprofits. <clears throat> Such as? Well, I'm the director of education for a local nonprofit, but then I also work with others. Okay. Through mostly through education. That's great. And then somebody else raised their hand somewhere in here. Um, I've been working with Shiloh up in New York City because I live up there right now. Fantastic. See, I think I think that many of you, just because of where you are in your life, you have lots of opportunities for engagement and service and ministry that fall outside of our degree. And to me, that uh, we we give our blessing. We give our blessing to that because it's 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 about serving others, and it's about your experiencing that, and about your becoming a a uh, 
a more whole person yourself as you minister to other people and we don't care where that happens we just want that to happen for you uh, we have a lot of opportunities around the creek for that to happen for you and and I know Patrick works hard to <laughs> integrate and get all of that uh, in in front of you but uh, don't be ashamed that you're not doing something I agree. at all. And, and we're a little bit preaching to the choir on gathering from a corporate perspective because you're here Sunday morning and you probably either went to the service first or you're going to service second. But a lot of you didn't raise your hand on the service side and you're going to hear in Josh's message this morning that one of, the, one of the best things we can do as individuals to make the world less about us and, and, and not be, become the center of our own universe is to actually engage in service of others and I would just say that it, it, at your age and stage of your life that's probably one of the greatest ways you can connect with Otter Creek is to get engaged with service projects you because first of all you get to choose it you get to choose your service project which means hopefully you have a passion for it and you'll be with other people who also have a passion for it and you'll have diversity because you'll have the different age groups that are involved in that service so I would I would just offer up encouragement for you to, to find something that Otter Creek is already involved in and jump in there and serve. So how many of you know, I mean, one of the things that I read recently about all of this and you guys and all this is that that you're, you're very critical of churches not being involved in service sort of things. Otter Creek is very involved in service stuff. And, and if you need to know what those are, Patrick will be glad to help you out with that, I'm sure. Uh, and um, let me let me plug. You know, there are all kinds of ways here. I'm not going to go through this. I'll just put the slide up because I think it's time to go. Right. Um, so let me make a plug. I don't know. For those of you in college, Patrick works very hard at trying to have a life group for you guys. Sometimes that's at our house. I don't know where it's going to be this this spring. <laughs> that's fine. That's great. That's wonderful. Uh, we'd, love, we'd love to have you guys there. I mean, we do. And, and, but I have watched over the years those life groups and how that, that, that really connects people. But then I also see sometimes Patrick is struggling to get people to come to the life group. So if you're invited to one of Patrick's life groups at our house, please come. We'd love to have you there. So, gentlemen, anything else? You know, I, I think another, another aspect that... Uh, we're always concerned about is something called pastoral care. Yes. When, you're, when your train runs off the track in your life and, and you need help with that, it really helps to be plugged in to, a, to somebody somewhere who can provide that help. Each of us has a flock. If you're a member at Otter Creek, you're a part of that flock. And when something happens to somebody in our flock, we, we have the responsibility of, of mustering all the resources we can to help you with that. So, so that, and that's something that, that's something that is really beneficial about, about being uh, really all in at Otter Creek, is that pastoral care that can be a part of your life. 
Okay, well, thank you for uh, allowing us. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to have to put up with us for two more weeks. Not me. You're out of here. I'm actually not here next week either. Oh, I'm doing OCYG in middle school <laughs> wow. the week after. Sorry, Matt's, guys. Matt turns next I'm going to be in Florida next week. I feel bad for you, Carrie. <laughs> so we'll come back next much. week. We'll be here. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Sorry. Oh,